Welcome back to the Blockchain and Beyond podcast. As always, I'm your host, Farzan. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking about finding value or alpha in the crypto markets. And this is something I wrote uh, less than a year ago where the market conditions were a little bit different, but I think the things that I'd written are still applicable. So I, I just wanted, wanted to go through it and sort of reevaluate what I had written down. And I also included some examples of some bags I was holding. So I want to see if I'm still holding these bags and if my point of view has changed from uh, about nine months ago. So we can take it away. So what I'm going to be covering is a few areas. So the first one is hype. The next is about boring technology, competition, uh, time preference, impact, and yeah, some some of my own examples. Uh, As always, this is not financial advice. Um, so we can kick it off by looking at hype as a red flag. So in my eyes, if the hype is surrounding the price of a token in the short term, I usually won't touch it. So we see this a lot when some coins start pumping, they start trending on Twitter. Um, but I never use that as the sole reason for me to jump into a token or to buy a token. You know, we've seen this a lot especially um, a few years ago, you know, with things like SafeMoon um, or, you know, Elon Rocket and all of these tokens which pop up surrounding current events, they are all very much focused on the price of the token. They mention things like, oh, if everyone buys $5, you know, we'll go up by this much percent and everyone will make this much money, so on and so forth. I I tend to, to stay away from those coins because although you can make money off them. It doesn't really match my uh, approach to to the crypto market, so I don't really delve into it too much. Um, and these projects usually have no like technological backing for for what they're doing. They will publish a white paper, and the white paper will talk about all sorts of things, but it won't be anything of value or anything innovative, which is a really big thing. Um, and, and we'll touch on the idea of like short term a bit later on and why I don't really uh, buy into it. Now we can also look at hype as a red flag. So if the hype of a project is surrounding the technology or deliverables, so in terms of what they're actually doing, I'm a lot more interested, you know, if there is a project which is for example, working on a, you know, a new protocol to standardize the way assets are transferred, you know, across different blockchains. So perhaps a bridge of some sorts, and it's using some new technologies, perhaps zero knowledge proofs or even state proofs. I am a lot more interested because, you know, these technologies, so zero knowledge proofs and state proofs make bridges more secure. So if there was, you know, a project which is discussing this and they have a white paper done around it and their research looks pretty solid, I'm a lot more interested in this project because it can actually bring some value to not only myself, but other people in the markets. Um, Leading on from there, Discord is sort of my tool to to watch the community of the, the project. So if their Discord is alive and kicking, if people are asking questions, there's a lot of engagement going on, then that's a good sign that they're perhaps they're looking at their community and building their community alongside their products. I think it's very difficult for products to launch if they don't build much of a community around themselves. So that's something that, you know, we need to 
that I personally like to keep keep an eye on. And also, do the people in their Discord hold a genuine excitement for what's being built? This is about the technology and the product and where it can be used. But if the people in the Discord are more interested in the price of a token, then it makes me a bit more cautious about this project as a whole because I feel people are only in it to only make money rather than also being interested in the technology and what the product can offer. And this also extends to the project having reputable partners. So a project with different partners, perhaps they may be part of, you know, the blockchain's grant schemes is is always, you know, something good because it means they've been vetted by the blockchain team before building their solution or if they're being funded um, by, by other VCs or other investors, that's always quite interesting to see and usually a, a, a positive as well. Um, moving on to the next one, this is boring is good. So you'll find projects where the technology is good, the team has good credentials and it blows other projects out of the water except in the social media presence. These are really interesting ones because I think that the good technology, even if it's boring, will always win in for long term. So there are a number of projects where their social media marketing isn't the best and they don't perform as well in the short term compared to um, other, other projects which have a lot more marketing going on. And I think, you know, marketing will, will only last for so long before people eventually come across the better technology that other projects can offer. And I think for me personally, that's the way I like to look at it um, because a lot of this marketing somewhat revolves around hype a little bit, which I'm not a big fan of. Um, but it also depends on how the marketing is done. Some of the marketing is, you know, posting genuine updates or interactions with the product, how the development is going, which is still pretty valuable. But in the end, I believe that the, the better the technology, the more chance they have of winning later down the line. Um, the next one is... Is, is the project that you're looking at something that others are competing with? So for example, um, if you search proof of stake chain, you will find literally hundreds of blockchains which are using proof of stake or which say they're using proof of stake and they are all very similar. So the real question here is how are they different? Are they better than the competition? If they are, how are they better than the competition? Why would I choose this project over another project? And I'll explain how to do that in, in the next point. But also if that project is not, it doesn't have any other competition, what are they actually solving? And understand, trying to understand if what they're solving is an actual issue that they're trying to solve in the real world, or is it an issue that they've made up and they're, they're trying to solve an issue which doesn't necessarily exist yet? Because if there's no existence of this issue they can't have a successful product if there's no one there to use that product now time to to research is is another interesting one and this i think this is where you can benefit from being some of a technical person where you can understand the technical details and implementation behind these projects and that is reading the white paper and not a light paper the white paper so a light paper just gives you a brief overview of you know what the project is about how they're going to approach things what they aim to do but the white paper of a project is where all the the good details are um about the maths behind the project you know how how information is stored how information is transferred Um, you know projects won't necessarily go into a lot of detail about for example zero knowledge proofs in their light paper apart from a brief mention in the white paper they will talk about zero knowledge proofs a lot more where you can actually you know get an understanding of if the technology is actually what they say it is and and this is where you can actually leverage the community to help you 
if the white paper is too technical heavy, you can ask people for help. You know, if you ask in their Discord, there will be people who are willing to help you understand the white paper because they want to make sure that the people who are looking at their project have all their questions answered and there's no questions sort of left unanswered for them. Uh, the, the, also, the white paper just basically teaches you everything you need about the project, the goals, the technology, the tokenomics, um, how the product will actually make revenue, what the plan is going forwards, their roadmap as well. You know, that's all details which, which you can find through the white paper and also through their website. The next section, which I actually wrote about, is having a low time preference. And this is about putting emphasis on the future rather than the present. And in my perspective, this is a good thing. So having a low time preference means I'm not concerned by short term volatility. It helps me sleep easier at night because I'm not too concerned about the impact the price is going to have overnight, even if it dumps, you know, 10% either way or pumps 10%. It's not really going to bother me because I have a low time preference, which means I'm looking at a longer time frame. Uh, having a low time preference means ignoring any hype based price movement, which is, you know, something that we've talked about quite a lot at the start. If I don't care about what the project does in a week, I'm only interested in what the project does in a few years. Um, so what happens today doesn't really impact my decision, you know, further down the line. So my minimum time frame is like three years at the very least, uh, but generally, you know, a lot longer. The next section is about the impact on uh, the wider world. So these fall into monetary and DeFi impacts. Do they impact the way our monetary system is is used or built or how people interact with it? Is it unbanking? Is it banking people who don't have access to traditional banking? Um, does it give people access to finance where they would otherwise not have anything? That's, you know, a, a massive one and probably one of the biggest adopters. We have the computing impact. Uh, so decentralized computing and smart contracts have been huge in terms of the impact for the computing world. They've enabled so many more technologies to be built and so many more use cases to be developed of this technology, including, you know, things like AI, for example. You can have training uh, models which train in a decentralized fashion, which is a new way of, of actually doing this, where you rent processing power from individuals rather than having to host your own um uh, your own infrastructure to actually train AI, for example. We've got the metaverse and the metaverse I've written here is digital environments. Um, and I would say like digital environments in the sense that it seamlessly connects different parts of our, our lives or our interactions with the online world. You know, part of the metaverse could be a shopping metaverse, for example right where i don't mean you put on a vr headset and you walk around but it could be perhaps a single platform which integrates all the shopping websites into one so for example you know imagine a, a single platform which integrates zara h&m next pull and bear superdry uniqlo all of these brands into a single website to to make your your shopping experience a lot more seamless We've got the environment. Um, so carbon neutral slash negative projects are a plus. This is something which is sort of hard to verify. Um, and, and few projects actually are able to do it properly. Um, but I think it's it's one which it's still relatively useful to, to know about, especially if the project aims to be carbon negative or carbon neutral. 
um, because that is one of the big drivers of of recent times. But I don't think the justifications are always necessarily valid. Um, also to understand the NFTs and tokenizations of assets, you know, I think tokenization of assets is a massive real world impact. And this applies to everything from uh, stocks and shares to bonds to real estate um, to intellectual property to licenses. All of these can be tokenized on the metaverse, um, which is actually quite interesting because it makes for a more seamless, transistible environment. Um, and also what I've just mentioned are terms you see pretty commonly, right? So, you know, some project projects will say, oh, yeah, we're carbon negative in the metaverse. But what does that actually mean? It may, might not make sense just upright, but if you go and do your research and read the white paper, you'll see if they're actually doing it or are they just using these names to actually generate hype around their project to get people to buy in and, you know, again, focus on the short term price movements. So we have some general ideas here, right? So if like the devs hark on about the token price, it's, I would say, a red flag. A good project is focused on their product. Uh, if they're consistently building and pushing things out, even during, for example, a bear market, that's a generally good sign because it shows that they're there for the long term and not just there for when times are good. They're also there for when times are bad. And also a strong communication and engagement with their community, whether that's Discord spaces, Twitter spaces, jumping in on others, Twitter spaces, replying to, you know, replies on their tweets. All of these are, are great signs that a project is, is focusing on building a good community. Um, so like here's, so here I've got a few of my bags with like a few examples um, of, of why I like them. So I, the first one I've got here is BTC, and this is a long-term option to replace the current financial system or heavily impact the way the world approaches the financial system. I think this, for me at least, is like a very interesting one that I will probably hold for like very, very many years. The second one is here probably a bit more um, polarizing, but it's XRP. And so institutes are big and slow to adopt crypto and Ripple is a gateway for it. Ripple is also ISO 20,022 compliant, which is a new messaging uh, standard format that financial institutes need to adopt. The case with XRP and SEC is still going on, but, you know, um, I think that XRP or Ripple is still in a good place to capitalize once once the, the case is over. I've got Algorand and I've literally written, <laughs> literally Ethereum, but better. It's faster, it's quicker, it's cheaper, it's less finality, uh, a lower finality time. It does everything a lot better. Um, again, ISO 20,022 compliant, and there's a lot of big partners working with them, especially in the corporate space. I've got CRO, and so this is the Kronos coin or previously the crypto.com coin. And similar to like, uh, Ethereum and BNB, I would say, is especially stats uh, Ethereum compatible. Um, crypto.com is a big onboarder of people to crypto. They've spent a lot of money on, you know, uh, sponsorship deals and naming rights, and they can push CRO as a gateway for people to enter the DeFi and NFT space. And the other one I've got written here, which is still a, a big bag for myself, is PYR. So this is Vulcan Forged, this coin. 
Um, so they are building like gaming metaverses, uh, allowing people to make their own metaverse, similar to how you can build your own games in something like Roblox, you can build your own games in the Vulcan Forged metaverse, which I think is called Metascapes. Um, and it seems to be leagues above uh, sand and mana. So their blockchain Elysium will be carbon negative. Um, and they've got a focus on NFT inter interoperabilities, which I think is actually quite interesting. Um, some other projects that I'm interested in are Defly. So this is a, a decentralized exchange aggregator on Algorand. They're a really interesting project because they're doing things a little bit differently compared to other other DEX aggregators. They're giving benefits to their token holders. We've got uh, Lofty AI and this lofty.ai and this is a real estate investment project which allows you to invest in real estate from as little as 50 dollars which i think is also very interesting and it actually breaks a traditional market structure um and it causes a lot of disruption in the space which i think is really interesting anyway that was basically the the thread that i wanted to talk about um i'll include a link to it in the description below as always, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. I'm more than happy to talk and answer them. Uh, thank you for listening, but I'll catch you all next time. Thank you and goodbye.